K-Pop Pillow Talk includes graphic content that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to K-Pop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Tay. I should have switched seats with you. Why? Because you get really loud in the crickety seat. Oh. Because <laughs> you'll be shifting and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like how? <laughs> I can't do creaking sounds. the platypus. Did you just go gang gang? Anyway, hi everyone. Hello. Hi, I'm Millie. I'm Tay. And welcome back to K-pop Pillow Talk. Your yes sir. Um, you know there hasn't really been much announcements or comebacks that I've wanted to pay attention to lately. Right now, everyone's sort of, or at least where we live, everyone's sort of amping up towards the Twice concert. Uh, Fortunately, we don't have tickets. (laughs) I don't have the money to buy tickets. Yeah, which sucks because I've been seeing a lot of people, like, within the past few days be like, finally got my tickets, and I'm like, what the heck? Take me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they're definitely, I saw tickets that I would be willing to do, but I just have too many other things going on for me to pay the money to go to this and then yeah. also park and then it's just it's a lot it's a lot um i was really hoping that they would reschedule i really was yeah mostly out of you know just wanting to be able to go but that's okay <laughs> monster x rescheduled so we have a concert on the horizon on the horizon um yeah there's that's pretty much it i've just been seeing people like i saw a boba event going around for oh, twice. Really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, if I can't um, go to the concert, go get some bubble. <laughs> Which, I don't know, you know, I could look at our analytics and be like, this is the age range, but I don't truly know all the ages of everyone who listens to our podcast. But I will say, if you are someone who has the means to go to a boba event uh, of K-pop whether it be Twice or BTS or any other group that you like, I highly recommend going. Yeah. I highly recommend it because you will have fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, it's one of the best things about K-pop is making you know a community for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have enjoyed every single Boba event I've been to. I've even been to ones where I went to an ATs one back when I really didn't know ATs to its fullest extent. Um, and that was fun. So, like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Just go. And, I mean, there are Twitter, like, for example, I follow a Twitter account who puts together all of the K-pop events for my area. Well, they do all of California. But, like, I pay attention to the SoCal ones, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's so helpful because this is, obviously, these events are put on by different people in different places. Mm-hmm. I still want to put one on someday. Um... I just don't know how people do it. I should talk to someone who puts one on. <laughs> You're like, hey, how do you do it? <laughs> well, you gotta ask a boba place yeah. if they'd be willing to do this. You have to find Buy the cup exactly sleeve. find a manufacturer to make the cup sleeves, design find the cup vendors. sleeves, find vendors. I do know one vendor because my friend Flower, I'll call her name. <laughs> has a shop that she has worked on in like the past few years and she actually vended her first she actually vended her first boba event last week. Mm. So, 
I have one person. But if I were to do a boba event, it would probably be for Enhypen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's an easy start. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say baseline <laughs> probably would take you three hundred to five hundred dollars. If you depending on how that many people sense. you expect. Yeah. And how much you want to put into I mean, it could just be a cup sleeve, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to... We've been to events where we've gotten whole... My favorite, whole hand sanitizer bottles. Yeah. Like... That was crazy. <laughs> shout out... Wait, where, where is it? Shout out to at BTSTinyTan.us. Because that was the most hilarious thing I've ever been handed. But also, you know, we've been to ones like Boba with Love, where they give you a whole gift bag, and they have personalized gift bags. Yeah. So, I mean, granted... The girl who runs it, Leilani, is an RN for neurosurgery. Yeah. So, like, I big, get bucks. It. <laughs> big bucks. Big um, bucks. But yeah, just one of those things, highly recommend. Yeah, 100%. If you haven't done it, do it. It's okay if you go alone. Yeah. Note that now during COVID times, most of the time you have to register before. Mm hmm. And also, you can feel good about it because a lot of these um, people who are doing registrations, they're also doing either raffles with your registration or donating to causes. Yeah. I've seen that a lot more lately. Which is so cool. I know. K-pop is awesome. For real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to start the second chapter of Necromance Me. And where we left off was Jungkook was about to go back home. And Jimin was just on the forest line, not moving any forward, and told him not to tell anyone that he had been saved by him. Yeah. Because the villagers do not like necromance. No. <laughs> Necromancy. For the first time in his life, home was hard to find. Jungkook hesitated on each cobblestone corner, not so at ease finding his way as he would have been before the accident. The further he got away from the forest and Jimin, the more Jungkook felt unlike himself. Cold, unsure disconnected from all that he once knew. Eyes followed him and whispers got carried in the wind. That looks like Jungkook. What if it's a ghost? <laughs> Everything in between he could hear as he passed, and yet he continued on, not paying them so much as a glance despite being able to put names to every voice he heard. When someone made mention of going to fetch his mother, he damn near cried. When he finally saw her, his knees buckled and went smashing into the ground. Jungkook's mother was wide-eyed, delirious, and distraught. She was half the size that she had been, as if the past month had aged her a decade. Aww. Cheeks hollowed out and bones protruding from flesh akin to tissue paper. But she was alive, and that's the best Jungkook could have ever hoped for. Aww. My son, she wailed, as if the seas had parted right before her eyes. The sound shattered Jungkook's heart to pieces. He wanted to get up and run to his mother, but he was already trembling with his tears and his knees had failed him. All he could be at that moment was a broken doll who couldn't even make it to her doorstep. She was the one who came to him colliding into his figure with the tiny spurt of strength that she had left, and Jungkook finally just had... <laughs> and Jungkook finally... Oh. And Jungkook, thankfully, just had enough to keep them both from tumbling into the garden beds that lined the cobblestones. Mother, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. A prayer between sobs, a string of apologies that didn't seem to have any end. Jungkook couldn't hold his mother nearly as tight as he wanted to, in fear of crushing her weak frame in his arms. A shell. That was what she had become in this time fragile and easily shattered beneath the weight of her son's ignorance. You have nothing to be sorry for. Nothing, you hear me? For someone so small, her voice seemed to ring out across every corner of the world. Nothing. And the rest might as well have been in another language. Jungkook couldn't keep up with the words, nor the emotions. 
Each one struck him violently, like his heart was newborn and untarnished, being battered with the force of a thousand storms for the first time. It made him all woozy. At some point, somewhere between the white noise of the crowd gathering around them and the wails of his poor, grief-stricken mother, Jungkook finally toppled sideways, half his face now masked with the gravel as he laid there, his vision being devoured by black pools. Whoa. Black pools. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, imagine being so emotionally over, like overstimulated emotionally yeah. that you black out. Yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> If it wasn't so frustrating, Jungkook might have been astonished by the fact that he could fall unconscious after sleeping so long for the past month in his resurrection in Jimin's cabin. The feeling had become so familiar that he didn't automatically wonder whether the reunion with his mother had been far off dream. Or, more likely than not, it was the void inside him that immediately made him realize he was so very far from the one who had brought him back from death. Another selfish desire... His mother had just seen her son return, and already he was yearning to be rid of this town. She deserved a better son. When Jungkook opened his eyes, she was right beside him, fingers in a vice around his hand, as if the worst thing in the world would be to let him slip through her grip. She had just woken up. Sleep was still thick in her irises, pumping out parts of her skeletal face. She should have been the one sleeping. It looked like she had barely gotten a wink of rest in weeks. Are you okay? Do you need medicine? A sleeping drought? Anything you need, you tell me, Jungkook. Anything at all. You mean that? Of course, his mother immediately responded, eyes suddenly more alert and concerned, shocked that he would even ask such a question. Ready to hand him the world, should he ask for it. Then I need you to rest, mother. She stilled. Jungkook scrambled, words trailing far ahead of his body, which remained heavy and slow as he sat up. You need to sleep. I can see how hard it's been for you. I don't want to see you suffering. Only if you tell me what happened. The breath caught quick in his throat, stuck there, stubbornly refusing to travel into his lungs for several seconds. Jimin's warning rang in his ears. His own promise, too. Perfectly suitable lies began to form in his mind, but his heart was terribly against the idea of anything other than the truth, especially when he looked into his mother's eyes. They were searching his desperately, lost even now because while her son was right there, he still wasn't. Part of his soul was gone. It only really felt whole when he was with Jimin, Everything that had happened since the fateful day he last said goodbye was a mystery to the woman who loved him more than anything in the world. Lying to his mother would surely help her sleep better at night. It would iron out the worst possibilities being conjured in her mind and provide some comfort eventually. One day, she would not feel the need to watch over his sleep or wake with a start, nightmares of this time vivid in her aging mind. How would people look at her if they knew her son had been touched by a necromancer? Her business would crumble, her reputation would suffer, perhaps somewhere deep down she would look upon her own son with contempt and disgust. The truth could bury every possibility they had of going back to the way things used to be, easy, simple, and sincere. But maybe the truth could also save Jimin from the lonely life he lived, unfairly outcast and shunned from every town he had so much breathed near. I can't tell you, he started, trying to hold true to all of his morals. If he kept his promise and not lie at all, no harm could be done, right? You can tell me anything, darling. You're my son. I will always be here for you. <laughs> his mother was imploring, her hands reaching out to wring her fingers between his own urgently. Heartbreak was welling up in her gaze. Please, not knowing was the worst part. Every second of every day I prayed for your life, but eventually I prayed for answers more. Not knowing is madness. Sorry, guys, I forgot to turn off my ringtone. 
We paused this fanfiction <laughs> reading to bring breaking news. T.O.P. has left Big Bang. Honestly, good riddance. Yeah. They, he was done so dirty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't there when everything went down, but from my understanding, it was just a weed scandal. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, if that's only the case, then yeah, good riddance. <laughs> like as in, it's good that he left. It's good that he left. Yeah, because yeah. saying good riddance kind of sounds oh, no, like... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm good riddance, I'm glad he left. Because that's just... It's annoying every time there is a weed scandal. I understand. Different country, different culture. But there is science to prove that it doesn't need to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, returning to the fic. I would like to also add, I hate YG as a company. Yeah. So, yeah, leave. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Go do better somewhere else. Exactly. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. The exact moment of surrender... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the exact moment of surrender could be heard so clearly in Jungkook's voice, even if it sounded as fragile as the first layer of ice over turbulent waters. You can't tell, Mother. I won't. What a pair they were, speaking in cracked whispers and secrets. Jungkook afraid of the repercussions of his next words, and Jungkook's mother afraid of what could possibly warrant this much hesitation. Mother, I died. Saying it aloud was something else, something far separated from those days after finding his way out of the maze his mind had laid out for him on the path from death back to life. Saying it aloud made it real, scarily so. Jungkook realized only in this moment how lucky he was, not to mention how different things could have been had Jimin not found his spirit clinging to his body after his heart stopped. His mother should be preparing a funeral right now. Instead, she was looking at him wide-eyed and silent, waiting for him to laugh like he might have done before. He didn't, and eventually she should come to the truth with a shocked hand covering her mouth after gasping. How? No, that can't be. I, she stammered and hiccuped parts of sentences that never really completed for several minutes, looking as if the world had been pulled from beneath her feet and she went falling through the universe. Finally, she whisper yelled, but you're alive. (laughs) (laughs) Jungkook saw it in her eyes. She knew before he told her, had guessed as much by the mere miracle that he was here as flesh and blood and a beating heart and not bones held together by decaying flesh. When he gave a small nod to the question secretly weaved beneath the final outburst, the hand that still grasped his own became painfully tight, and his mother was leaning even closer, her next words more of a hiss than a whisper. What did he make you do, Jungkook? Did he curse you? Did he barter with your soul? Make you devour the hearts of children? Oh my gosh. It sounded absurd, utterly insane, but his mother was almost scarily certain of herself. What price did you pay for this, my sweet child? (laughs) No, no, mother, none of that. I swear to you. That can't be, Jungkook. I've heard all the talk around town, how he lures innocent victims to his evil cave and performs all sorts of torture, all for his sick experiments with death. He's not like that, Jungkook practically spat the words out, far louder than he intended to, and shut his mother right up. His poor sweet mother, who had only ever known to have a gentle heart, who he could only imagine loving Jimin should they ever get the chance to meet, hearing the judgment in her voice felt personally insulting. A nail digging into his flesh with every bad word spoken against Jimin. Jimin, who had saved him from death. Jimin, who, much like his mother, only knew healing and compassion and love for all living things, even the ones who couldn't see him hurt simply for being himself. Jimin could have burnt this town to the ground or tormented his neighbors out of spite, but instead he wouldn't take a single step outside the forest, simply to accommodate their bias. How could Jungkook possibly explain all this to his mother when her ears had been corrupted by the lies of people who didn't know any better? 
He, Jungkook trails off, grasping for a way to get across everything that he wants to say, like a foreigner grasping for words they didn't know. He isn't like anything like he... He isn't anything like what they all say, I promise you. He's a healer, like you, mother. He's kind and gentle. He helped me when he didn't have any reason to do so. Her head tilted, and conflict flashed in her gaze. A battle between what she wanted to believe and what she had been told was fact by the one she trusted. Did he put some kind of spell on you? Jungkook wanted to cry. No, mother, he finally said, surrender and hurt thick in his voice. The sweetest person he had ever known couldn't even believe him. Some bitter, terribly disappointed part of Jungkook wondered what the point of life was if he had to live among such cruelty. He stood up warily, a pout tugging at his lips, and pointed toward the bed he just vacated. You should rest now. You swore you would. I'll be okay, he quickly added, noting the sudden flash of doubt in his mother's gaze. I just wanted to walk around the town before nightfall. Sleep. By the time he had strolled over to the front door and creaked it open to slip outside, his mother was tentatively pulling the blankets up around her frail body. At first, the village was quiet. The hum of daily happenings had softened to a hum as people walked home with bread and meat in hand, chatting in whispers amongst each other while the crickets started to sing. Jungkook ignored the side glances as he lingered on the apothecary steps. He could play deaf to the shape of his own name on their lips, but what he could not ignore, however, was the sharp gas from directly to his right. His head snapped in that direction to find someone already sprinting away, feet thudding heavy down the cobblestone road, feet that had just squashed down the daisies in his mother's front garden, right by the open window. Nurse plucked at Jungkook like taut guitar ring, caught like taut guitar <laughs> strings. <laughs> he may not have seen the man's face, but he didn't have to. Jungkook would know the back of his friend's head anywhere. Hosok slipped away like an eel through dancing reeds. He'd never moved so fast, not even when startled by jumping spiders that would occasionally find their way into his shoes. Once upon a time, Jungkook would have been able to catch up with ease, but panic had softened his senses and curbed his reaction time. Hours were dedicated to checking every nook and cranny across the village in search of his friend. From the cramped cupboard, Hosok would hide in as a child during the nights his parents argued too much, to the attic of a home that had been in ruins on the outskirts for as long as memory served him, when the roof was crumbled just enough that one could watch the stars without seeing how high up off the ground they were, which proved perfect for someone as queasy with heights as Hosok was. Not a trace of his friend could be found. Jungkook kept coming back to the trampled flowers outside the apothecary window, kept wondering whether that was an omen of what his careless conversation could result in, crushed petals and ruined stems. Whispers followed down every street he wandered. People wanted to approach, but they didn't, or they tried, and Jungkook kept walking in something of a trance, trying to feel a little more alive than he did, a little less doomed, ever in search of Hosok. It was right in the thick of the limbo between dusk and evening that he snapped out of it. He rounded a corner to find narrow eyes glassed over with the unshed tears and lips ajar, as they would be upon sighting the ghost of an old friend. Jungkook supposed that was exactly what he was. Yoongi slammed into Jungkook with more force than anyone could have realized he possessed, but he clung on for dear life, brought to the brink of hysterics with that simple gesture, so reminiscent of life and warmth and love. Funny how cold Jungkook's felt since coming back. Yoongi made the chills more bearable. What in the seven hells happened to you? <laughs> the question was sharp and thick, swelling in Yoongi's throat with so much emotion it seemed miraculous that he spat the question out at all. Part of Jungkook wished he hadn't. Whether now or later or next year, he would want an answer to the question, and Jungkook didn't want to lie. Not even when the worst outcomes crossed his mind. Not even when he remembered Hosok, one of his oldest friends, running from him in sheer terror after overhearing the truth. Another friend held him now on the brink of tears, held him as if he never intended on letting go. 
but he would when he discovered what Jungkook was, touched by death. Well, with a firm grip clutching at Jungkook's shirt, Yoongi pulled back just enough to implore him for answers he shouldn't give, but if Hosok knew already, it was only a matter of time. A neuron snapped somewhere and Jungkook made his decision all at once, fingers wrapped tight round Yoongi's wrist to tug him rather unceremoniously to the side, then down a road that looked like all the others, and another, and they squeezed between an alley so narrow that Jungkook's shoulders didn't fit front on, which led him to, <laughs> which led him to the back of a blacksmith's workshop near Yoongi's. The sound of metal clanging obscure any secrets from ears other than their own, surely. Gods, Jungkook, what? He brought his lips close to his friend's ear, vaguely wondering if their trembling could be heard through the next words. I died. I died and he brought me back. The necromancer healed me. Jungkook is stressing me out with <laughs> telling people. <laughs> I know, he gave up pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? He would give up pretty quickly. <laughs> he would give up pretty quickly. <laughs> Yoongi ripped his hands out of Jungkook's grasp. He reeled as far back as the confined space would allow, as if Jungkook had just confessed to being a carrier of the plague. Yoongi, the same Yoongi who never flinched during late-night horror tales told by firelight during the fall, and could always be counted on to keep his wits when all his other friends got squeamish. Yoongi, who never seemed to fear anything besides boredom, was scared of him. A mortal crack went cracking through Jungkook's heart at the sight. What? It sounded venomous, accusatory. It made Jungkook feel dirty. It's not what you think, though. I can't believe this. You, you're cursed and you touched me. That's the touch of, that's the, that's the, that's the touch of death. Damn you. <laughs> Yoongi was already shuffling back up the alley. They'd just come down as fast as the space would allow him to move. The last rays of the sun clouded his expression in shadows, but Jungkook still saw the tears glittering in his eyes when he glanced back. Tears that were already wetting his own cheeks. As far as I'm concerned, my friend died in that forest. Those words rang loud and clear in his ears to the tempo of the blacksmith hammering away at his steel for what felt like hours. All the strength left his body at once, and he collapsed into a miserable slump against dirty stones, sobbing his heart out in the darkness. I'm literally about to cry right now. <laughs> Ugh. Thoughts accompanying the rivers, he cried. Rivers he wished would run all the way to Jamin's cabin so that Jungkook might swim there in his own sadness to cry in the arms of his savior. Nobody loved him anymore. Even his mother had been fearful. Now his oldest friends were running from him as if being too close could burn them alive. The whole town would know by morning. This was not his home anymore. And Jungkook didn't want it to be. Or maybe he did in the naive way children wanted Santa Claus to be real. And he'd just grown up enough to realize it was an impossible dream. He wanted to belong again, but he didn't want to belong with the people his neighbors had become. The fantasy of living a life with Jamin secluded in a... Secluded. Secluded in this forest or any other, one much farther from the place that had once been his home, suddenly seemed like heaven. It was pitch darkness by the time Jungkook crawled out of that alley. For a long time, he had nothing to guide him but the cold stone walls against his fingertips as he edged his way back to this reality. Then, soon, soft yellow lights that danced in the night. Torches. Fear sparked as soon as the fire sparkled his vision. His feet quickened, lungs working double time to retain the oxygen that panic kept chasing away. Stomach squeezed in to better move through the narrow space, and when he came stumbling from his hidden space, Jungkook was thrust into the throng of chaos. Faces he barely recognized converged on him all at once, wild, with the plumes of thick smoke infiltrating all his senses. Expressions twisted from familiarity into monstrous portraits from the pits of hell, complete with flames dancing between prayers that were screamed in Jungkook's ears and spat in his face. Everywhere he turned, someone else, someone he once loved, someone who had turned on him. 
Evil walks among our streets. The devil spawned, desecrating the remains of our own. <laughs> He's possessed! Possessed, I tell you! This was the moment that Jungkook realized humans could be more terrifying than any beast in any forest. Words came out of his mouth in a frenzy that wouldn't reach his own ears. Jungkook barely knew what he was saying, except that it all centered around defending himself against accusations that might have been laughable once upon a time. Now, talk of exorcism and burning him alive to cleanse the demons from his body were flowing fast from every direction, like he got pulled into a whirlpool of panic. And just when Jungkook thought he would drown in their fury, Namjoon's voice parted the sea. Leave him alone! <laughs> he came into view... Flanked by his parents, the bankers, surely the most powerful family in the village, second only Period. to their town leader, who many thought ought to be replaced by the Kim patriarch. Jungkook wondered whether they would still think that now, with the man reaching out to wrap an arm around his shoulder, not outwardly fearful in the slightest. I got full chills. <laughs> Namjoon stood in front of him, a shield. Oh no! Because that's what Namjoon does. I know. <laughs> Tay is full tears right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. The John boy has done nothing to warrant all this, Namjoon's father stated in a booming voice. Eyes flicked between him and Jungkook, insults stealing on venomous tongues as the most irate men of the horde bristled. What has he done except survive? He has driven a knife into your backs? Has stolen your children from their beds? God's gossip has whipped you all into pure hysteria. There was some muttering, some deadly glares, but not much more. Everyone in town entrusted their money with the Kim family. They weren't the kind of people to steal money, but Jungkook supposed all sorts of crazy things were popping into the townspeople's minds. They wouldn't anger the Kims if it meant risking their livelihood. Money meant more than their blind hatred. Now, he continued on, tall and astute beside Jungkook, who felt significantly smaller than he should, considering his own height skimmed nearly on six foot. I have business to discuss with the town head, if you'll all excuse me. For one terrible second, Jungkook thought he'd be left alone to deal with the onslaught again, but Namjoon's arm replaced his father's, and his mother was the one leading them back to their own home. They weaved through the crowd. He caught sight of the giant tree at the center of their town, its ancient trunk blackened by torches in some places. Eyes burned him as he passed, and Jungkook was so empty but so full of sadness at the same time that he didn't consider anything other than one foot in front of the other for some time. He could see the slanted rooftops of the Kim's family home, their silhouette slightly obscured by the smoke from the fires. An awful lot of smoke, now that Jungkook thought about it, much more than a few burning torches ought to create. When the thought of his mother sitting at home worried sick crossed his mind far too late. Wait, wait, my mother, I have to see her to tell her I'm all right. Jungkook was already pulling away in the opposite direction, toward the lower town where their humble home sat eclipsed by the intricate house on the highest hill, the one Namjoon had grown up in. Jungkook... Namjoon said. The way he spoke, Jungkook's name was enough to instill another dose of trepidation into his bloodstream. Your mother is waiting for you here. The anxiety doubled. Their mothers weren't friends. Why should she be here? Jungkook asked the question aloud, frozen on the other side of the pretty garden gate that Namjoon's mother held open with a kind smile on her face and sadness ringing in her eyes. They burned down the apothecary. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> What little of his heart was left cracked into shards of glass. Amidst all the... A mist. Amidst. Amidst? Yeah. <laughs> all the misery. It felt good to be in his mother's arms. To feel an embrace of someone who wasn't disgusted by him or fearful of him. 
Maybe it was selfish to think that he comforted his mother on a couch that felt like clouds, with tea steadily growing cold on the little table before them. He would have to drink both cups before Namjoon's mother came back to retrieve them. Jungkook didn't want her to think they were ungrateful. The woman had always been standoffish by nature, not quite cold, but far from approachable, never really having to fit in with any of the other ladies around town. Sometimes they were Sometimes, when they were kids, gossip about Namjoon's mother talking about how she thought she was too good for them all. If tonight had taught him anything about her, it was that they were right. She was too good for them, and so was his own mother. Dwelling on all that she had done for this town, slowly marinating in all the love that she had spread throughout his entire existence, steadily made Jungkook angrier, more devastated, hot with rage and pain and guilt. The same people who burned his mother's livelihood, their home, were the same were the very same people who went to her with all their ailments week in and week out, and she had healed them all. Some had been at death's door in her care, and she dedicated all her time to nurse them back. She embraced them when they healed. They had repaid her love with fire and brimstone. Given the chance, they would do the same to Jimin. Little one, his mother's voice was muffled against the shirt that she had buried her face within, now wet with tears against his shoulder. The pet name rang alarm bells in his brain. She hadn't called him that since he was a kid. Mother, I just want you to know that you're still my son. I love you. Nothing could ever change that, no matter how many places they burned down. Every word was fragile, but her fingers bruised his arms where they clutched him tight, determined for that truth to sink itself into Jungkook's essence. When it finally did, long after he bid her goodnight, Jungkook thanked the stars for giving him a mother who loved him more than he deserved. That was, in part, what fueled his determination in the coming days. They didn't leave the Kim home, and the Kims were more than welcoming. Each day started with warm bread, honey, cups of tea, bowls of seasonal fruits, with a side of small talk that Jungkook is quite certain kept his mother somewhat sane. She spent most of her time helping Mrs. Kim around the house, exchanging stories of childhoods and recipes and whatnot. Those were the times that his mother looked the happiest, distracted. The trauma would creep up again during the quieter moments, moments when his mother's eyes would search frantically for her son, frenzied with panic that he'd disappeared or had become fodder to their neighbor's fires, and when she hugged him goodnight, she never wanted to let go, and every time Jungkook left the room she slept in, he heard sniffles. There had to be more than this. This was not a permanent arrangement. It could hardly be called a life. What were they expected to do? Never show their faces in town again? Buckle under the pressure of so much torment? No. Jungkook was frightened, but his anger burned hotter with every dawn and his lon- and his loneliness and his loneliness crumbled him every night. Every waking moment was dedicated to hating the people he once loved, and every second of slumber he dreamed of Jimin. A void was so a void was still hollowing out his soul. Time didn't make it any better, nor did distance, so Jungkook f- decided fairly easily that the first place he would go when he left his temporary home was the forest, to Jimin. The first person he told was Namjoon. It was after dinner when he went knocking on his friend's bedroom door, cracking it ajar to find Namjoon buried in a book with his fluffy <laughs> sock-covered feet propped up on his desk. Aww. Jungkook, a pile of books came tumbling down to test the strength of the floorboards. Ah, crap. One of the book spines had been so well used that it opened right up to the page Namjoon had st- spent the most time reading. Necromancy, a study, was written across the top of the page in thick letters that looked like they were written by a skilled ancient hand. I'm so sorry. It's not what it looks like. Really? Jungkook questioned, round eyes finally meeting Namjoon's rather guilty-looking gaze. Because I was hoping you'd know more about necromancers than I do. Half an hour later, they were both cross-legged on the floor between a valley of 
copiously stacked books, reading things that either felt illegal or confusing. More than a few times, Namjoon got carried away, and Jungkook could barely follow his thought process before he jumped to the next subject, like a curious bee flitting from one flower to the next, collecting information rather than pollen. Overwhelming? Absolutely. Jungkook could feel a pulsing throb at the nape of his skull after a few hours, but stubbornly fixated he stayed, pinching himself with force every time his mind wandered somewhere else. Like bed. (laughs) Jimin hadn't told him enough. Maybe because he thought the separation would be easier that way. If there was a cold, quick cutoff rather than a lingering goodbye, but whatever his reasoning, Jungkook didn't like not knowing. He knew how Jimin liked his fragrant potion ingredients labeled neatly and stacked in a particular order, but he knew nothing about what they did. He knew that Jimin slept silent as a church mouse, but still didn't know whether he had seen into Jungkook's dreams during those fitful days traveling back from the land of the dead. He knew Jimin was gentle and loving, but he had no idea why the world he thought was evil. Oh, but he had no idea why the world thought he was evil. Before he found his way back to the doorstep surrounded by woodlands, Jungkook wanted some answers of his own. Huh, that's interesting. Namjoon's voice hummed vaguely, tearing Jungkook's eyes away from the same line of text he'd read five times over now. His eyes burned. Says here that necromancers shun the living because they prefer the dead. No. Jungkook snapped his head up to stare at him, looking far too awake in comparison. Shock seeped into his next question. Shock and a starved curiosity. How can you know for certain? Because of the way he was with you? It took several seconds. Maybe minutes. Maybe longer. It took time because Jungkook was utterly positive there was no trace of doubt in his heart or mind that the assumption read aloud couldn't be further from the truth when it came to Jimin, but there was no way to truly voice everything that led him to that conclusion. It was not just one singular thing, or something that could be dissected by geniuses between leather-bound covered stacks on dusty bookshelves. It was not only Jimin's gentle hands, outstretched with pure love toward any man that met death before him, or indeed any beast, or even any flower that dared to wilt within his presence. It was not only his smile when Jungkook did something that lacked every bit of finesse he'd ever had, or even the taste of his lips against Jungkook's. It was everything and more. How he could ever put into words the way which Jimin sacrificed so much to give life to those who, mostly, would never appreciate what he did. The way that death brought the stubborn, unrelenting, and unwilling to barter brought Jimin to his knees with grief. He lives in the forest, Jungkook finally said, heart yearning for the only place that felt like home now. He hoped Namjoon would understand the layers in his simple words, the depths they went. The forest is the most alive thing I've ever known, and so is Jimin. Jimin? That's his name? Namjoon spoke it like a soft embrace. It felt safe to say it again. Jimin, yes, he's... Everything. I think you'd like him. Now, everything was um, in italics, so it was more a thought. Uh. (laughs) After a small pause, Namjoon hummed, far more at ease than anyone else in this town would have been upon hearing what they would call blasphemy. I'd like to meet him some day. If he's half the man you say he is, I don't think I'd have much to fear, although... Hesitation had seeped into his tone, and when Jungkook glanced up again, he saw it thick in Namjoon's irises. It stared back at him almost mockingly. Knowledge unspoken, he kept hidden away, maybe even knowledge about Jimin, and Jungkook felt desperate to know what it was. His friend, however, looked less than convinced that he should speak up. Namjoon, please, I want to know everything I can. You might not want to know this, though. Namjoon sighed, eyes flicked from one book spine to the next before glancing toward Jungkook again. There aren't many documented accounts of those brought back to life using necromancy. But there are in a few older books, most accounts, mostly accounts of third parties, you know, people who witnessed it or knew the person in some way, and they all speak about how changed that person was when they were brought back to life. Death affected their soul. 
shed something in them, and being brought back by necromancy bound that person to the witch forevermore. There was a journal entry, wait. Namjoon went rummaging, Namjoon went rummaging through the books that looked frayed with age nearby, leather-bound with loose pages threatening to come spilling from between the faded covers. Jungkook thought he might be sick with the weight, but the way each second seemed to drag into decades as his friend went about carefully finding what he was looking for. But when he finally exclaimed he'd found it, Jungkook hesitated to take the aged journal himself. He was almost scared to see the writings, scared to know what they meant for him, for Jamin, for everything he felt and everything he still couldn't put a name to. There was some security in the unknown, Jungkook realized. With a tremble in his fingertips, he took the book being offered and stared for a bit at the page Namjoon had opened it to. The ink was faded, but unfortunately not enough to make the scrawl upon the yellowing paper ineligible. Nope. Illegible. <laughs> Jungkook could make out the words as well as go as the spots where tears had caused the ink to run. Go-Un told me everything this evening about magic, why she believes I feel this way. Jungkook started to read aloud in a soft mutter. She said that this was the reason she rarely bartered with death, for he could be cruel and cunning and cause those she gave life to to never leave hers. It binds souls, it binds souls together, she told me. Having the power of life and death in one's hands is a heavy burden. Not only does the process drain her so terribly, but she's left with the tormenting thoughts of whether I truly love her or whether this magical bond between us has shackled my heart to hers. The worst is that I can't give an honest answer. I can't truly be sure whether my need to be loved by her is because of magic or because she is my soulmate. I tried to lie and say it was the latter. It feels like the latter. It feels like I can't be without her, like my life is dependent on her presence. Breathing is a chore when we're apart. She says that separation can only be a good thing, that it will help me find my way once more. But I cannot fathom such an existence anymore. Whoa. I know. <sighs> Jungkook gulped at the next line, where each letter's line was jagged as a blade. I would rather meet death once more, and this time, I will not let her bring me back to this cursed world. Ooh. <laughs> Silence rang through the room as the tempo of blood rushing through Jungkook's brain. His thoughts raced too quick and frantic to grab a hold of, but the one thing that kept coming full circle was not this poor man's lovesick pain, but the tormenting doubts of his necromancer lover. He wrote how she couldn't be certain whether their bond was fated or a cruel trick from death. Did Jimin worry about the same thing? Should Jungkook be worried about it too? Similar stories are repeated here and throughout the text, Namjoon continued. Namjoon gently continued, taking back the book to close it with a heavy sigh. I don't think it's intentional I don't think it's intentional on the necromancer's part, but perhaps a side effect of the magic The silver lining was there, weaved through Namjoon's soft words. It was something they'd never know the answer to. Not even Jimin, blessed with magic in his bloodstream, would ever truly know whether this magnetic pool was fashioned by their hearts or their dance with death. Jungkook spent the rest of his night, most of the <laughs> Jungkook spent the rest of his night and most of the following day wrapped up in his mind, wondering, wondering whether the answer truly mattered. I think this is a good place to yeah. stop. <sighs> there were so many lines. <laughs> In this part of the chapter that just, I don't know, they were like diamonds. <laughs> like every, like diamonds in the sky. <laughs> like, I, I just have so many feelings. Also, the idea that even the necromancer doesn't know whether their love is real or just a side effect of magic. Yeah. That is so sad. 
That is really sad. Like, <laughs> I couldn't bear it. I know, because, I mean, most of the time when you're when you're in a relationship like that, of course you have doubts. Yeah. But imagine those doubts being put on by the fact that you know that, like, something you've bartered with death. Like, it's just so many... Yeah. The stakes. They're high. high. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode, y'all. <laughs> We'll be back next week to finish off this fic. Another thank you to at Inked John. You're doing so good. You're doing great. Um, if you'd like to catch it, I had a moment of pause because I was like, am I wrong? <laughs> and I am wrong because it's Ink Gookie, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said Inked John because it's, um, I think that's, oh, that's their name on AO3. Oh. That's why. But their Twitter is at Inked Gookie. That's what it is. Anyway, if you'd like to catch us in between episodes, you can do this. Uh, you can do so at Kpop Philotalk, all one word, all lowercase, on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you like us and want to let us know, please leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever other listening service that allows you to do so. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Kpop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Tay. Bye.